from recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex. I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. Going on, Joe. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm hanging in there, man. You? Yeah, same thing. The Finally, finally getting some warm weather. Um, <laughs> it was pretty cold there for a while. This weekend, I don't know about uh, Missouri, but uh, today, tomorrow, and Sunday in Colorado is supposed to be pretty yeah. nice for this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, we the high was negative one in Kansas City. <laughs> Um, and today it's like 71. So I don't know how you get a, a 102 point, you know, uh, swing in two weeks, but welcome to the Midwest. Right? In fact, uh, this morning, um, I got up a little early packed, got some stuff ready. I'm going to throw it in the Jeep, uh, about one o'clock here. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to drive up a little bit to the mountains and enjoy this beautiful, uh, forecast for the weekend. Kind of hang out a little bit. Uh, well how about done. you? What, what's the schedule for, for the man family this weekend? Yeah. So I think it's going to be something like that. So I've, I, I, if we can get some, there's still some ice on the, on the water. Otherwise uh, I'd be at canoeing this weekend, but, um, but you gotcha. know, maybe we'll hit the trail of the mountain bike or something. So, you know, the canoe story fascinating, by the way, I read through that. Congratulations on, well, thank you very much. Just, yeah. The activity, but uh, the records and stuff. I mean, t- tell me a little bit about, by the way, I guess we're just, we're rolling. We're live. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, tell me about this. How did you get into this canoeing? Like, how did it start? How'd you get into it? Give me a little overview. Well, like, like all things, you know, you, you know, you just kind of stumble into stuff sometimes. And, right. um, and so I was, I was in procurement in an earlier part of my career and, um, and I got taken out to lunch by a sales guy who was trying to sell me a, a you know, a, phone system or something for the, the facility that I managed and, and, and like a good sales guy, he was asking me questions, you know, like, well, what do you do? What do you, what, what, what are your hobbies? And I said, yeah, I go canoeing sometimes. And it was always a, when I go canoeing, it was, you know, a, a relaxing kind of float trip type canoeing in the past, right. you know, right. and this was, this was about 15, 16 years ago. And he said, Oh man, my brother-in-law, he just started this race. It's the world's longest canoe race in the world. It, it's from Kansas city to St. Louis on the Missouri river. It's 340 miles. And, and there's no, there's no mandatory layovers. There's no mandatory stops. Um, you just paddle until, you know, until you get to the finish. And I thought, this sounds really cool. And so I, you know, my wife said, okay, fine. You're crazy. Whatever you, you can do it, you know? And, and a lot of my friends called it the Missouri river death trip. Um, you know, cause <laughs> the Missouri river is kind of, it's, it's a huge river. It's like the Mississippi. I mean, it's right. huge, right. Huge. Um, but it's actually a, a, a quite nice river for recreation. A lot of fish, a lot of fishing can be done. You can do some okay. recreational stuff, but most people don't think that because they drive over the bridge and they look at it and go, Oh my gosh, I'd never want to get in that much big water. It's really scary. Yes. Um, so, I just, you know, started doing it and realized I was pr- pretty decent at it and I've uh, been doing it for 15 years now, you know. You, were you an in-shape guy, pretty athletic before that, work, worked out all the time? Was that kind of your thing already? I mean, I am, I'm not a gym guy. I don't, I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't like going to the gym, but I do like being outdoors, right? So running, biking, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, but this, you know, and I was, a, you know, athlete in high school, but just, you know, just normal, normal high school athlete, but nothing, nothing special. Um, but this is kind of one of those deals where the older you get actually benefits you um, because it's more of a grind, 
Right. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to go compete at a thousand meter sprint in the, in the, you know, in the, in the Olympics or something. Um, but if it's, you know, how much pain can you endure over 40 or 50 hours um, of just, just, just grinding and not stopping and pushing your body to the limits um, and then have a little bit of strategy. So it kind of, you know, all comes into play there. Does the boat matter too? I mean, as far oh, yeah. as I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing your equipment is a big part of it. How streamlined is it? I, you know, I, I guess that, and by the There's, way, I saw the pic, I saw the picture of the boat where you guys, so you won the, you won the most recent Missouri river 340, right? You and your team. That's, that's correct. Yeah. 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 I saw the picture of the boat and I'm like, Holy shit. Okay. Look at, look at this thing. Like this is not, this is not like your average canoe. <laughs> that was a, that was a, it was a custom boat. And, and, uh, and, and the guy, one of my teammates is the one who designed it and built it, you know? So. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. How did you pick yeah. those teammates by the way? Again, you kind of stumble into things. So, um, you know, one, one of the guys I've been friends with for 15 years and, and he's, he's, he's a, a great athlete. And, uh, and then the other guy, you know, I've met him a couple of years ago and he had this crazy idea to build this boat. And I said, all right, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll sign up for this, you know, it's something different. Right. Um, so this is a, a, a complete new style of boat. And we thought for sure, you know, we, we trained all season and, and we didn't even get it off the drawing board until December. He didn't build it till March. The race is in July. So you, you're taking something that's gone from drawing board to production, you know, basically it's a glorified prototype. Um, and the first three races we did, we, we not only lost, we lost miserably. So, you know, it, it, things, things were breaking that we didn't anticipate. We would go back, we'd fix this. We'd, we'd go race again. The next race, something else would break. Um, we're, we're stranded on the side of the river, fixing this, fixing that we come, you know, we finished in the middle of the pack or at the tail end of the pack and everybody was pretty much writing us off and saying, you know, there's no way these guys are going to finish. You know, they can't even go two or three hours in a, in a small race um, without something breaking. How are they going to go, you know, 40 hours in the, in the big race without anything breaking? And, you know, we had a few, a few issues, you know, a little something broke here, something broke there. But at that point we had, you know, it's all about risk mitigation. And so we had, you know, had some spare parts and, um, you know, we had made plans for, well, if this happens, we can do this or whatever. So we were able to, to hang on and, and pull out a win and uh, it was a good time. How do you, how do you go 40 hours? How do you do that? What do you like sleep on this? What do you like pull over and like throw down a sleeping no, bag or no, what? How no. does that work? No, 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 no sleeping. If you want to win, no there's, sleeping. No, there's, there's no, no sleeping. sleep. No. What, okay. What if you got to use? Okay. I don't want to get like too graphic, but yeah. like, Hey, I got to use the restroom. Like, Hey, I got to, you know, there, there's, gotta... there's, way, there's ways to do that. So <laughs> you're telling me that in the canoe, I saw you got, you guys are eating, you're wearing diapers. You, you're doing no, we're, no you're... we're not. We're not wearing diapers. We're not wearing diapers. So. Okay. 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 I mean, you, you, I mean, it's the river, so you can kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We, we cool. try to, we, we, we try to limit it to the, you know, the to, number, to one. number, number one, number one, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you don't want to have to like, Hey guys, I gotta like jump over. I gotta jump over the side for a few minutes and you know, yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe, you, maybe off you, recording. You, I'll, I'll give you a good story of another race one <laughs> of some time in the past. <laughs> uh, and then what about this record that you hold in Alabama? The, the, now what does six fifty mean? Does that mean 50 hours? What does that six, mean? 650 miles. Oh. So this is the, this, so, so the Missouri river is the longest nonstop race that, that has no, um, 
that has no uh, mandatory stop or portage. The Alabama 650 is the longest race, I, I think, uh, in the United States anyways, for sure. That, But they do require a couple mandatory stops. So there's some big okay. portages. Um, you know, so it's a series, the, the Alabama river series system starts, you know, up in like the corner kind of by Atlanta. Um, it's in Mississippi or it's in Alabama, obviously it's not in Georgia, but it's about an hour and a half from Atlanta. And then it goes all the way down to finishes into the Bay, um, into Mobile Bay. And so there's a system of like lakes, it'll be a river and then it'll turn into a lake because there's a dam, you know, so you have some lake houses and lake boats and things like that. Then you get past the dam and it turns into a river again for a while. Then you can find another lake and there's a dam. And so that happens about nine or 10 times for the first mm -hmm. few hundred miles as you go through Montgomery and Selma. And, uh, and so during those portages, because it's a little bit dangerous, I mean, you, you have to be careful, right? I mean, there's big, you know, big hills and rocks or a dam or, or whatever. And you got to carry your boat through some, some, some brush maybe, or, or, or even, oh. even sometimes it's a couple miles portage where you got to put on the car and drive it. And so really? they make a, they make a mandatory like 30 to 45 minute layover on those. Um, so that people don't try to rush too fast and, and get, and get, you know, injured. So, but anyway, so that's, that's the, um, that's the 650. So that took us five days, 22 hours and 34 minutes. And, and we actually did sleep um, for about 12 or 14 hours. during. So no, no, no showers though for five days. We took one shower. To, okay. <laughs> we actually had a hotel in the middle. We booked a hotel in the middle okay. in Selma, which is like the halfway point, almost uh, a little before halfway, but we, we got to Selma was like our shining star. We, we got there and we pulled out and we actually took a shower and slept in a real bed for about three hours. And okay. then, yeah, but the rest of it was like, take a, take a 30 minute nap under the tree and hope you don't get eaten by an alligator, you know? <laughs> <laughs> reason I ask about the shower thing is because I do a lot of camping up in the mountains to do a lot of solo kind of trips and you know a couple of nights no problem the third if I stay if I do three nights I, when I'm driving back I'm I can smell I can smell myself I'm like okay yeah <laughs> now if I if I do four if I stretch it to four or five days yeah then then it's it's bad when I when I walk in the house <laughs> <laughs> well it's, you know that's one thing too about about being in, you know in the river race I mean you know if you feel like you want to I mean we rinsed off obviously right so I, if, we, if we'd, we'd stop to uh, to get a resupply we'd just jump in, in the water for a little bit and, you know, pull the clothes off, you know, gotcha. and, and just do gotcha. a quick rinse, get out when our crew had towels for us. We had a ground crew. You can't compete in a, in a, in a race like these um, and really compete well without a ground crew. So you have to have a crew. Oh, so they'll, they'll pace us along the way with our gear and supplies and vehicles. And you know, okay. we even had a, a, a bunk bed I built in the back of my dad's van. And, and, and so we oh, could cool. slide in there and take a quick nap on some, on some mattresses and come out and go again, you know, so, but they brought us food and all clothes and all that kind of stuff. So we, we, you know, we tried to make our, our pit stops, so to speak, um, you know, very, very efficient and quick. You know? The, the ground crew, the ground crew, is this wives, uh, husbands, friends, cousins, uncles, dads, what, what is this? Who, whoever the hell we can rope into to helping <laughs> us. <you know? laughs> Uh, I'm guessing you don't make any money on this. This is a hobby. That, this is a hobby slash exercise activity it, that you spend money on. It, it's all about bragging rights. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So isn't it? Isn't it fascinating? First of all, congratulations. Really Thank cool you. stuff. Thanks. Appreciate really, it. Thanks. Really cool stuff. How old are you? 42, 40, uh, 43. I just 43. turned 43. Yeah. So 43. So your body, uh, so you're feeling it definitely after a race for sure. Um, how long does it take yeah. you to recover? couple of days, a couple of days, a couple of days. I'm, I'm back to 80, 90%, you know, <laughs> then, then it usually but it takes about a month 
or two to to really be a hundred percent. You know, you you'll lose you'll lose pinky fingernails because the pressure up when you're the paddles. You'll you'll sometimes those will like reverse pressure the, the nail fall off, um, or you'll lose feeling in in your fingertips for a month or oh, two, okay. or or your wow. toes because if your feet are sitting, your legs are sitting. You know, that's the worst part is sitting on the same chair. You know, in a boat for that long. You know, it's, you think oh, it's your muscles. You. It's actually gotcha. not the, the muscles. You can train your muscles to do anything, right? Just like walking, right? Yeah. It's like, we're yeah. not running down the river in a boat. We're walking down the river in a boat. When you're doing it that long, you're not, you know, we're keeping our heart rate about 110, 120. It's, it's not like it's 150 or 180 that, you know, you can't sustain that for that long. But, um, you know, you're, you, the muscles, you can train your muscles to, to do that activity. And, and now that I've probably paddled, I would guess somewhere around 15 to 20,000 miles, you know, over the last 20, you know, 15 years, you know, just all the training, the races I do, you, your muscles have the memory, they're built in, they know what they're doing. It's, it's the joints in the tendons that you have to be careful about. That's, that's what'll, that's what'll get you. You know, that's where you, you, you listen to your body and there's a difference between pain and there's a difference between injury. And so mm. if you, it's like, okay, I can feel that. I know what that feels like. I've done it long enough. Right. That's, mm. that's just pain. So just, mm. you know, put it in a box, lock it in the closet, shut the hell up, keep going okay, this, this is, this is potentially an injury. I need to, I need to take some steps to make sure this doesn't, you know, maybe that's layoff on this side, or maybe it's just go a little easier now, get some ice, get yeah. some tape, you know, just to make sure, you know, mitigate, mitigate that, you know, that risk. Do you watch your diet a little bit or not? Not, you're not, you're not crazy about that. Or you just kind of, where are you at? Oh, I, I'd, I'd be 15 pounds lighter if I was crazy about my diet. No, I, <laughs> I, I love eating. So I, I enjoy cheeseburgers and pizza just as much as the next guy, but I do, I do, you know, do try to make a, 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 a good attempt at being healthy. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I'm like, look, I'm not going to eat a lot of sweets. I'm not going to eat a lot of seconds and thirds and I'm going to be somewhat careful, but listen, I like cheeseburgers. I like pizza. I like Mexican food. Like I, yep. It, my, my, my grandpa, my grandpa's this old Italian guy. And, and he used to all say, Everything in moderation, Joe. Everything in moderation. Yeah, so you want true. to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Fine. Everything in moderation, right? Yep. It's absolutely true. By the way, isn't it interesting how every guy that I know or girl, you know, we all have like our priorities or our hobbies, right? And some, sometimes a hobby is a priority, but everybody's got something that's important to them. And they focus on that. I, I find that even more fascinating as I get older, you know. Uh, same thing. I was, I had my Jeep, I got a, a tent roof or a rack tent on the back and I was, you know, putting a bunch of shit on my Jeep uh, last weekend and friend comes over he lives two doors down and walks over. He goes, you know, and he looks in my garage. Now keep in mind, his garage is like freaking museum. Like it's perfect. Like his garage right. is, you know, not a single thing out of place. Right. Right. He looks at my garage. Well, first of all, he looks at my Jeep. He's like, hey, nice Jeep. You know, you got see, you got our stuff on there. And obviously the, my Jeep and my camping stuff is my priority. Like everything's perfect. <laughs> right. And then he, and then he looks at my garage. He goes, eh, I guess I know what your priorities are. Cause my garage is not that organized. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 someday I have a dream that I will have one of those beautiful organized clean garages that, right. that, you, that you see on like advertisements for the epoxy floors or the storage containers or whatever you know yeah my garage my garage probably looks just like yours it's you know i've got you know lumber on one corner of it because i do projects around the house and i do tools over there and exactly. whatnot you know you know all the racing gear and the bikes and the in the canoes and the you know stuff so yeah maybe it's just a matter of priority it's a matter of priorities by the way how's your wife feel about it is she like super supportive or she's like okay yeah. I, know, I know you i know you like to do that so because I love you and I know you like it, I'm supportive. Or what's her? Yeah, take no, she's 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 super supportive. So, but I mean, of course, we 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 had some years where you know 
she's like, all right, Joe, you're, you're going a little too far <laughs> out here. Like to rain, rain you in a little bit. Right. But, uh, but no, no, she's super supportive. And we just, we just actually went down to Texas last week. Um, so I'm, I'm competing in a race called the Texas water safari this year with a, a team of guys. And, and that's, a, that's, I've done it a couple of times. It's a, it's a, the most difficult cool. race you'll ever do. Um, it's insane. So you got snakes and, and, and fire ants and, 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 you know, portages and, crossing the bay it's it's insane it's a nuts race it usually takes around 35 to 40 hours um for the top teams and uh and so she went down there with me and so she 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 kind of got a little bit of a weekend uh to herself at the hotel and i went and trained with my buddies but then you know got to see her a little bit so it was a it was a nice nice weekend away yeah where are the kids now where are they because you have three kids right I got three kids, but, but, you know, the, the, and there they are, but the, uh, those are old yeah. pictures. So, so we started yeah. young. Uh, my oldest is 22. My second is 20 and my youngest is 18. So we are officially three adult children now. So how about that? Are they out of the house? Are they all still in the house. Are they halfway in the house? Partway so in the house? What, what's yeah. My oldest one, the two youngest ones still live with me. She's a senior in high school and my other okay. son uh, is going to community college. He's got a, got a, got a scholarship to okay. community college. So he's doing that. And then, um, and then my oldest son uh, lives in Fairbanks, Alaska with his uh, fiance and uh, they're going to the university of Fairbanks and they live in, they live in a dry cabin. So not to get too far off the topic here, but no, I love it. Have have you ever heard of a dry cabin? Do you know? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I didn't know what a dry cabin was. And I'm assuming most listeners probably don't know what a dry cabin is. Unless you live in, unless you live in Colorado or Montana or, or something like that, you might know. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell me. So, so they live in this and they've been living there now for almost two years. This is their second full school year up there. And wow. if they can live together in a dry cabin, they're going to make it together. Seriously, like that, you right. know, like we weren't sure, you know, like, well, we better get ready for him to fly back here in six months. Cause they're going to kill each other. You know <laughs> um, it's, it's the, the, the cabin they, they live in is, you know, I don't know, 20 feet by 20 feet. Yeah, something like that. You know, maybe eighteen by eighteen. I, I'm not sure. And it's one room. There's a little half of a loft where you crawl up the ladder and go to sleep. But everything else is like just a, a tiny studio room. You know, there's a tiny mm-hmm. kitchenette, a tiny couch. When there's a door, it sits up off the ground. But the reason called dry cabin is because there's no running water. No running so water. That, I think they have like a cistern or they haul water in. What's it called? It. What is it called? Little they have going, to. Well, this house. Place. Yeah, this yeah. house. They have to go and buy these big five gallon jug things from you know walmart or wherever and they put it over the sink and they just open the the system right that's and then they take the water and they wash their dishes and they have to go take it out and and, you know and then if they want to go to the restroom they literally have an outhouse so they have to walk out go to the outhouse and it's in fairbanks alaska so i mean they they have to go out use the restroom in negative 38 degrees oh i don't know how you do that i don't know how you do that i don't know how you do that snow's three feet deep and like what what do you do when you wake up at two in the morning you got to go to the bathroom it's like i don't know i mean (laughs) God, I don't know how they survive up there. It's like I could do that for a weekend, like you and me. Let's go, let's go hang out. Yeah, we'll weekend's go, cool. You know, yeah. we won't shower for a couple of days, right? Yeah. Two, two yep. three max, right? Like you said, yep. and then yep. we'll go hang out and go hunting or do fishing or do whatever. Yep. But they're doing this every day. Like I don't, you know. How about bears? You got a bear problem? Do you have any bear issues? No, but moose. Moose he problem. Gets moose all the time. Yeah, big moose come and they'll stand in the yard and then they then like crap all over crap all they, over everything. <laughs> and they don't want to go use the one time my son got stuck in the outhouse because this big like 12 foot tall moose was in between him and the house and he's like well i'll just stay in the outhouse until the moose goes away because <laughs> yeah, the way, for, for, for the listeners if you've never been next to a full-grown moose they are gigantic they're huge huge 
and, and they they will hurt you. Yeah, I've been in I've been close to several uh, of them up in color up in the mountains in Colorado, and uh, yeah, it's uh, they could they could they could run you over pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's pretty cool. No, that's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, that that's I like your oldest boy. I wouldn't mind going up and hanging out for a weekend. Probably in the summer though. <laughs> yeah, go in the summer. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, no grandkids yet, then. No grandkids yet. Well, we, right. we can wait. We can wait a few years on that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so last time we talked, you know, I think it was damn. Was it, was it a year ago? Maybe it was about a year ago. Yeah, maybe a little yeah. more. Maybe maybe a little yeah. more. Yeah. You you so you switched companies. You you left and went to Brain Corp, right? Um, because mm-hmm. you were you were at uh, what was the name of Cloud remember. Cloud Minds. Cloud Minds, yeah. So you went to Brain Corp. Uh, tell me yep. about the why'd you why'd you change? Uh, what was the reason? And then and then we can roll into Brain Corp. Go ahead. Sure. Well, it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty easy. So um, I was I was working with with Cloud Minds, and you know they they were focused at the at the time I was hired to kind of expand out their their U.S. operations. Um, they're they're a Chinese based you know company. And then just because of some economic things and some regulatory things, they, they kind of decided, you know, after, you know, I was doing a lot of consulting, you know, as I was there to help build the strategy for that. And then we kind of realized at, at that point that, um, you know, it, it maybe it wasn't, wasn't the right time to, to grow into to the U.S. market at the, at the moment. See. And so, you know, it was very amicable uh, split. You know, I, I said, okay, okay, look, you guys want to do this. I don't think it's the right time to do that. You know, and they're like, yeah we seems like, yep. Yeah, okay. All right. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and so, uh, I was, you know, right place and right time. And, and I knew a couple of the folks at brain corp and it had reached out to them and, and, you know, so there, there I was. So I've been at brain now for just, just barely over a year. Well, you started March of 2020 and I was thinking to myself, wow, what a great month to start. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so, so I started, you know, March 1st or 2nd, whatever it was that, that Monday was my first official day. And then I, and I was there for two weeks of onboarding, and I flew home on March 13th. And, you know, that was like when everything shut down, everything, yeah. the, the, you know, that all started. And because I was coming from California, of course, my wife, you know, you know, she, she worries with the best of them, you know, about things and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, very comprehensive, you know, uh, you know, on, on the concern, concern level for things. And she said, Hey, you're coming from California. That's a hot spot. You got to go to the hotel. So she made me quarantine actually for four days in the hotel when I came home. Are you serious? Wow. It was brand new. It was was brand new and everybody was like scared about it. And I had just met a bunch of folks that had come back from this huge trade show in Atlanta. Uh, And so, and uh, you know, so I had been, and then there are a couple guys from Australia that had come and and there was a guy from China that was there. So she's like, don't take any chances. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a, I mean, that's a crazy time for you to start. And then you were probably thinking, oh, shit. Okay. What, what's going to happen here? Are they going to, I just took this but, job. Then they're going to, then, then they're going to decide they don't need this VP. And then, you know, but, but I guess, it, yeah. I guess you, 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 so tell us what you're so, doing there. Um, what, what is your, or, or do you want to give like a little bit of a company overview and then and then roll that yeah. into what your role is? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. So 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 Brain BrainCorp's a very unique uh, company. Um, we we create the software that we put on existing hardware to make it automated. Okay. Right. And so a lot of companies will say, well, we want to make an automated X or an automated Y, right? So whether that's, you know, automation and logistics is huge right now, material handling, you know, things like that. So there's, there's automated forklifts and automated pallet jacks. Um, there's automated delivery robots. So when we say, you know, you know, 
there, there's all those types of things, but a lot of it's full stack or, or, or there's a, you know, uh, 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 an ODM, you know, original design manufacturer, right. Where, where the, the software company or the design, you know, they'll say, well, we need to put, you know, we need the machine to be built like this full stack. Right. So okay. hardware, software together. And, and brain said, well, you know, kind of, you know, if, if we're going to make something automated, you know, we may not be the expert in this type of machine or this type of equipment. So why would we want to try to build something yep. that we're not experts in? Yep. We're experts in software. That's what we're going to yep. do. And then we're going to work with top tier OEMs to automate. So if you, you know, so, so kind of like if you want to make a self-driving car, mm-hmm. you could, you could build a car, but why would you, why would you maybe not say, well, why don't we just go work with Mm-hmm. Some of the best car manufacturers who are yeah. experts in cars, experts in, you know, regulations for safety and experts in airbags and experts in, you know, turn signals and motors and engines will just make the software to make sure mm-hmm. it automates mm-hmm. safely. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's the approach we've taken. And and, you know, over the so brain was actually a, a very large competitor of mine um, when I, I when I worked at Intellibot. So, so, so the job before CloudMinds. And, and I worked there for five years. So Brain was, a, was our, our number one competitor um, because their first foray into, into automation was in the cleaning space. And you might say, okay, why would, the, why would it be cleaning space, uh, professional cleaning? And if you've ever been to um, you know, a, a large retail store or a, do, a DIY store, and you've probably seen uh, uh, the guy either sometimes in the middle day, but a lot of times late at night, walking up and down the aisle with the big scrubber machine, scrub, yep. you know, it's called an auto scrubber or a scrubber dryer, mm-hmm. scrubbing the floor. Well, the first thing we, we started automating at Brain was those things. And, okay. and, the, and the reason is because um, it's a very manual task. It's a very repetitive mm-hmm. task. And it's mm-hmm. something that can be automated fair, fairly, fairly simple. Um, and there's a lot of it, you know, right? So it's, it's, a, huge, it's a huge industry. Yep. So that's where we started. And, and now we're growing those platforms. Um, so now we have six or seven OEM partners in the, in the professional cleaning space. So there's a range of, of machines that, that uh, an end user can choose from that all have brain, uh, brain OS uh, on that. And then we have some, some material handling partners now, a couple of those that we're growing out with. And we're looking into the future for things like security robots or um, delivery robots. So if you're in a hotel and, you know, the robot comes up to the elevator and drops off, a, you know, your, your, your food, you know, your, your uh, room service okay. order to you, things like that. Um, and we're looking at things like shelf scanning. So um, inventory management. So, you know, something that would go up and down aisles and scan the aisles and say, okay, you're out of this, you're out of this. Uh, for for large retailers, so our our core right now is is retail, and we're we're building up the cleaning, and now building up. You know, so we have a contracts with Walmart and Kroger's, for example. Wow. Um, I got you. Know, you. Schnooks, Menards. So quite quite a few large retailers, and that's all public information. I mean, we've, we've announced. Are they that. are they are they targeting uh, people who ha- are they targeting the machines? I'll just call them machines, I guess. Are they targeting machines that are already built and you're stacking the software on there or do, or sometimes now are you working with the manufacturer to create it from the beginning and they're saying, Hey, we'll build the hardware. You build the brain. Let's yeah. Let's, let's do it together. We, we, yeah. We, we don't retrofit. It's not a okay. retrofit. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So, okay. so we'll, we'll actually, it usually takes about 18 months, you know, to, of, of collaboration to mm. say, okay, mm. how, you know, it, it might be an existing machine they already have, or it could be a, a, a new machine that they're, they design, you know, to, to put our kit on, but we have a hardware kit that we have designed and we work mm. with their engineers to say, okay, build your machine, 
you know, 99% the same as you've already built it before, but we're going to have this hardware kit on that kind of has a control module and a, and a, and a computer in there and a, some sensors and, and things like that. And then that tells the machine what, what to do. I saw the machine online on the YouTube channel uh, for BrainCorp where if you're in retail, you stack a bunch of product on a, on a not, not, not a pallet jack, but a, 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 I don't <laughs> know what it's tug. called. We call, it, we call it a tug, but yeah. Mm-hmm. A tug, yeah, a tug. You stack, a, you stack a bunch of product on there and then you press a button and then it takes it all out to the, to the aisle or the location of the store where then the person can stock the shelves. That's right. Um, um, so that that's an example. Is that uh, uh, when you say um, a, a contract with who'd you say Target and who else? Who'd you uh, say? Walmart, Walmart and Kroger's. Yeah. So are they using those? Is that a, is yeah. that a big purchase? Oh, I see. I see. So cl- okay. cleaning cleaning is is our kind of bread and butter right now. The professional cleaning services. That's where we started, and and so now we're you know that's you know we've got um, a little bit more than than fifteen thousand uh, robots running every day in the world. Can, can uh, and m- most of those are cleaning robots. Um, but we, but we're, we just now started to do the, the material handling. So what we call tugs. Can you stack this um, software on the buggies for grocery stores so that when you take your groceries out to the car, the buggy just goes back to where it's supposed to go by itself. <laughs> it probably could be done at some point, but um, you know, <laughs> not right. You know, there's, there's, there's all, you know, in time, anytime you get outdoors, so outside of the building, Ooh. you introduce a lot more variables, uh, and so uh, you're you're and 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 you have a lot less, um, uh, you know, it it reads, mm. you know, the the sensors, whether it's the cameras or the, or the lidar, um, uh, which is light distance and ranging. So it's kind of like sonar but lidar, right? So sonar uses mm. sound, lidar uses light or, or vision. Um, you know, those sensors have to read off of 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 you know surfaces vertical surfaces um and, and the floor but, but typical ver- typically vertical surfaces to to what's called localize or in in robot speak know where it's at and and then make a decision on how to how to navigate um and so when you get outdoors you know if you're in the middle of a parking lot and you have nothing to see uh or you have cars that change all the time because the so cars are never going to be in the same parking spots it gets a little more difficult you know so i'm sure at some point you know that that can happen but but right now we we we, t- we stay indoor so we're we actually are the number one um in uh in uh, deployed autonomous robot in in indoor public spaces indoor, so indoor public spaces indoor is what we, we look at mm-hmm. Okay, and it's braincorp.com, braincorp.com. And what is your specific role? Or who are you sell? Who's Joe closing deals with? Are you? Uh, so, yeah, tell me about your role. <laughs> so, so my role is uh, is uh, channel support and development. And so I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit a little bit sales. I mean, technically I'm on the sales team, but um, really what I do is 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 identify and help activate uh, channel partners and and help you know our OEMs. Um, support our OEMs in in penetrating new verticals and new sectors, and and unlocking new channels like with di- like distributor partners or reseller partners. So right now we've got really nice penetration into the retail sector with with cleaning robotics. Now what we're trying to do is branch out, and so so two of my focus areas are education K through twelve, uh, also higher ed, uh, but but you know there's forty five hundred universities in the United States, there are 130,000 K through 12 schools in the United States. So just by nature, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at, you know, what are you selling? Lot. Are you selling, are you selling them the, the cleaning stuff too the, for the floor the and stuff, stuff like that? Right. Mm. And so mm-hmm. we're, and then, and then also uh, hospitals, you know, um, 
mm. healthcare, typically hospitals, you know, not, not, not small acute care or, or surgery centers. It's too, too small. So to really make the ROI work, um, you know, for, for something like this, you, you, you need, you need, uh, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 square feet, um, of space, you know, where you, you're cleaning, you know, two, three, four hours a night, you know, so imagine the size of a large, of a large retail store, you know, you, you need that size of a building or that much floor space anyways, you know, to, you know, to, to clean. When you sell to a school, uh, are you selling to the the district? The uh, like, who, like who are you calling? I'm just curious. Like, what what title? Or what what person are you trying to like get on the phone? <laughs> so so typically, yeah, typically the decisions, you know, they, they have an operations department typically, um, okay. or or, okay. or or an environmental services department or a janitorial department. So it, it depends what they call it, but typically it would be called either janitorial or op- or operations, and um, and, and they might they might be the ones that typically make a recommendation or or say look this is the the type of equipment and the type of processes that we want to use mm-hmm. but usually it's governed at a, at a district level on district okay level. you know so so we need to sanitize the desks so often like so the scope of work is really is really determined um, in in conjunction between like the the district and the school board and the and the janitorial team sometimes in a lot of times in school districts especially mm-hmm. in the past um mm-hmm. they they do they do they self-perform their their cleaning services really there has been you know like so the, the janitor that works at the school is employed by the school it's he's an by, employee by the, of, by the school by the school district or by the town or how does that work I don't know. yeah typically if it's if it's a public school it'd be a government employee right okay. um you know and uh, but it's by the district it's employed by the district by the but district. In, the, in the last 15 20 years you, you know there has been a a shift to outsource um so there's large large companies called building service contractors bscs mm-hmm. i used to be a bsc in a past life mm-hmm. i i worked for bsc mm-hmm. for 12 years so um i so I, I understand that 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 piece of the business quite well uh, yeah. my first you know first job out of college when i was 20 23 was you know driving around and making sure toilets were clean i um, remember so, that <laughs> <laughs> so uh so so you know we when we when we're looking at you know trying to move into a school or or, or help the school um it's 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 easy for the school to to see the value because um not only is it just about making sure the floor is clean but it's also about making sure that the the environment you know for their students and teachers is is healthy and um and what it does is and and typically in a lot of you know a lot of school districts they're they're at this point they're under under budget um or they're over budget you know they don't have enough money right and it's tough to find help um and so what we're able to do is say you know hey look we can put this cleaning machine in here you can take the gentleman uh, or the lady who was scrubbing the floor before and now you can you can reallocate that labor to do more more you know, uh, important, uh, high function tasks, such as disinfecting high touch services, disinfecting, uh, mm. desks, cleaning the restrooms more frequently. So all, all the things that are important anyways, but now, especially in the age of COVID, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big win. Mm. So mm. it's, it's, it's not just about having cleaner floors. It's about reallocating that labor, uh, to do more, you know, without having to, you know, if you don't have the money to hire more, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of people get scared about, sorry, a lot of people get scared about, you know, oh, robots, they're taking the jobs and that kind of thing. (laughs) Of course, I mean, there's always going to be something, you know, there's, there's always gonna be a case where someone says, well, I'm going to hire a robot and and we're not going to, you know, not going to have this, this job anymore. But 
really it's about being understaffed. I mean, that's uh, m- the majority of our, of our, of our um, customers are saying we, we can't find people or right. we can't retain people. Um, yep. It's not a glamorous job. People don't, you know, you don't, you know, you, you don't necessarily always love being a, a janitor, um, but it's a really important role. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a role that, that, that a lot of folks, you know, maybe don't realize just how critical that is because you, you, you are, you know, if you send your kids to school, you want to make sure your kids have, um, are, are in a safe and healthy environment. Um, right. And, and so now we're able to elevate that, that job profile. And, and these guys are now, you know, can now be robotic uh, cleaning experts and robotic uh, managers, you know, to, to manage maybe even a fleet of robots if it's a big enough school, you know. I would think you're, I would think a, a pain in the ass in selling to a school district would be that, you know, there's, they're all about the budget was, we've already set the budget for the year and this and that, and you're trying to sell them something new. And they're like, okay, well, talk to us in October when we're preparing the budgets for, and I would think your, your sell cycle or your, your lead time or whatever. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the typical sales cycle for, for AMRs is, you know, um, uh, autonomous mobile robots, robots, AMRs is, is yeah. Nine, nine to 12 months. I would think um, so. Yeah. It's, would, it takes a while, so. you know, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, you just got to find the, the, whether and it doesn't matter if it's a school or if it's a hospital or if it's a, you know, a, an office building or, or a retailer. Um, yeah. They've all got budgets and, mm-hmm. and they've got budget cycles and yep. they've probably already got manual machines that are not robotic that they are, mm-hmm. you know, in some, in some si- depreciation cycle. So, yeah. you know, they might say, this is great. I love it. I want to buy it, but we still have another year to depreciate uh, on this, you know, on this CapEx fleet that we've already mm-hmm. purchased two years ago or four years ago, depending on what their, their cycle is, your appreciation yeah. cycle is. And so now, you know, we, well, well, okay, let's, uh, let's hope that uh, uh, a year from now you don't forget about us or, you know, don't lose interest or something else doesn't come well, along. That's where it, Joe, that's where Joe that's comes your, in, right? That's your relationship. That's your relationship development right there. By the time 12 months right. goes by, you know, everything about the kids, you know, you know, their you know, their family, you know, everything you're ready. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, and it's interesting in the recruiting space as a recruiting firm, uh, you know, our, our sales cycle is not that long, but, but there are, there are relationships we've been working on for 24 months or whatever. And then, you know, they'll, then they'll finally have a need and we get the, we get the call. So I understand your, your pain. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like selling the cable where you're just like knocking on the door and like, Hey, you need cable today. Okay. Let me go to the next house. It's not the right. It's not, no. Yeah. And there's times where, where we'll get, we'll, we'll think something, you know, has, has gone cold. And uh, I mean, again, cause I'm, you know, I did this for five years with, with Intellibot before I came here. So I've got a pretty good history, you know, on, on this, you know, not just, not just the one year. There's been times where we've, we've had a, an account where we thought, well, it's gone cold or whatever. And then all of a sudden you get a phone call out of the blue and it's like, yep. Yeah, okay. We're ready. Got the budget approved. Yeah. You know, well, where'd that come from? I well, wasn't expecting that, you know, and then, and then likewise, you know, you, we've had it where we think everything's going perfect and it's all following the right timeline. And they say, okay, great. We'll call you in a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you so, enjoy, yeah. do you enjoy um, from a sales perspective? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm sure you enjoy the hunt of a new, of a new client. You know, you're super competitive guy, athletic guy. So I'm sure you enjoy the whole mentality around landing a new deal. And that's probably invigorating. What about the, what about the, hey, we got a pissed off client over here and we need Joe to go like clean it up and make sure they're not mad at us anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, in fact, I actually like that better. Do you? Yeah. Do you? I, 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 I'm, I mean, I've, and I've said this actually to, to my, my bosses in the past. Um, 
I don't particularly like being a salesperson. Um, but but you like the relationship, the relationship I, I, piece you love. I like yeah. the relationship piece, and that's why I like what I really like what I do now, because mm-hmm. I'm I I'm I, I don't I'm not out hunting every day. What mm-hmm. I'm doing is helping our channel partners and our OEMs activate um, their 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 sales activities, and mm-hmm. you know so how how to understand the value proposition, how to build a strategy to go into this space or this vertical or the sector, how to prioritize mm-hmm. um, you know accounts and opportunities. And, 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 and identify the, the, the right, whether it's a site or whether it's a customer and, and that kind of stuff. So I really enjoy the relationships and then building, you know, those, those, um, those teams to, to go, to go do that. Um, you it's know, a, it's a special uh, you know, talent. being a sales, being in sales is tough. You know, I mean, it's, it is hard and I don't, and it, and it's and to me, sometimes it, it, it takes the right person to do it. And, and I've known, you know, several really great sales folks. And I say, how do you do this every day? It's like, you know, what's the quote from, uh, you know, from, from back to the future, like, I just don't know if I can take this kind of rejection, you know, when, when Marty McFly's dad says that about the book or whatever, you know, uh, that he was trying to write. I mean, it's like, it's tough. Cause you get, oh, yeah. you get shot down nine times out of 10 or you don't yeah. get a call back. And you're like, yeah. sometimes you're just like, geez, what am I, you know, do, am I that bad? <laughs> you know, so it, it is tough to be a sales guy. It takes, it, really it takes is. a really, really different mindset. So I, 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 you know, I salute, the guys who are out there in the, in the front line doing that every day. It's tough. Totally. Totally agree. I totally agree. Nobody, nobody on, on the team uh, really wants to do sales because it's super hard. Yeah. you got to have Teflon, you know, jacket on uh, yeah, and you, you, you have to be able to take rejection. I, I had just having a conversation with a sales guy recently and he's like, yeah, you know, I sent like four emails yesterday. So I'm hoping to kind of maybe hear back something like <laughs> And you, you better send like okay. a thousand emails and you better. You know. <laughs> uh, you're in the wrong line of work, my friend. Like you have no clue. Uh, anyway, um, I, I want to ask you about robots here towards the back end of our conversation, a little bit bigger picture. I love you. We sure. talked a little bit about this last mm-hmm. time. Um, what are your thoughts, Joe, on like how far will, will robots and AI, how far will that go? Like, what do you see, you know, down the road 50 years from now, whatever? I don't know. Let's let's pick a number. But yeah, like, where do you see it? Where do you see it all going long term? I mean, if it's in the, you know, so, so it's a good question. And, you know, you'll get you can ask a thousand people and get a thousand different answers. I guess in my view, I like to look at it. Let, let, let's look at B2B. Okay. Cause if okay. you have B, you know, B to C, so if you have, you know, business to consumer, right. Um, uh, you know, those would be, you know, business consumer, you know, it, I can justify anything I spend as a consumer, right. Just cause I like it. Right. True. I can say, Oh, I, I want, I want the newest iPhone. Cause I, you know, it's, I get this great camera and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But you know, or I, I want to go buy this car and there's no, you know, maybe cause I like all the bells and whistles, but you know, do I really need that car? And does it really make sense? Probably not. You know, right. so, so you B to C is one thing. So let's keep, you know, cause robotics, you know, y- you can get people to buy stuff cause it's cool all day long. You're, okay. you're not going to get, but if you really want to get full acceptance and say mm. and build an infrastructure of, of, of a, of a robotic platform, that's really going to change fundamentally an industry or the functionality of something, you know, that's on the B2B side, 
you know, I so, you, you know, yeah. you look at, you know, you look at, uh, you know, some of, you know, like Amazon, for example, but you look at some of the big logistics provider, Alibaba, and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, all the automation that they're putting in, you look at some of the large logistics handling companies, FedEx, DHL, UPS, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're automating, you know, even car manufacturers automating. Um, and so, you know, that's where the shift is really going to go. And I think okay. in my mind, it's, it's, it's probably less cool, um, but it's more fun. It's more foundational and more uh, that's going to change. So, and, and, and you're starting to see now, finally, um, with what, with what brain's doing is, is putting robots in public spaces. So in the past, right. You, you know, what, what, all this automation that's ever, you know, kind of happened in, in the, in the business world has happened behind the curtain. That's right. You know, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you and I on an everyday basis, you know, we're not, we're not walking through a, a logistics, you know, right. uh, manufacturing right. or, or, you know, in, industrial complex because that's close to the public. That's their employees and their safety zones and all that kind of stuff. You know, now, you know, brain, uh, is, is leading the space for indoor mobile robots in public spaces. And I think that's where you're going to start to see this, this crazy shift. So customers, you know, in public and people in the public space are going to now interact much, much more frequently with this. If you go to YouTube, you can find people taking videos of robots in public spaces because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're there for the first time and, mm-hmm. and they've started mm-hmm. to be there. So I think you're going to see things that, that aid, aid, businesses but that are more out in public spaces um you know we see things like delivery robots that's going to be big right just taking something from point a to point b whether that's in a hospital whether that's in a i mean there's some like you know um meal delivery services in in downtown uh heavily heavily populated cities that are now you know instead of having a uber eats or a doordash or whatever go pick up your food and deliver it to you if you're in a in a very highly populated area you know like a, like a San Francisco or Chicago or New York or something. Um, it, the little robot pulls up and, and the, and the restaurant puts the food in that robot and that robot drives down the sidewalk and goes to your apartment complex. And then you come out and, and get it and go back up. Right. Wow. Okay. So, so, and so that's another example of, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's an outdoor one. I and mean, we talked about earlier where it's tough to go do outdoors, you know, it, it is, but, uh, mm-hmm. they've, you know, will, will, will we live in a society where, uh, Human beings don't have to do much. Will it, will it, will, do, do you see a world eventually where humans just have time for leisure and, and creative activity and we're not having to do any, anything physically and robots are doing the rest? Do you see that eventually? I think by nature, we aren't like that. You know, I mean, look at, look at everything that we have in our house now today that we kind of take for granted. And if you went back 150 years from now, and brought someone here, they would say, Oh my gosh, you have this like crazy machine that you just throw your dishes in. And an hour later, they're perfectly clean. And I don't have to stand in the sink. And Oh my gosh, you've got this machine where you just throw your clothes into. And um, I don't have to stand, you know, with the scrub. (laughs) It was like all all these automated things, right. um, That we have around the house that we kind of take for granted. Uh, I mean, look at the vehicles that we have. You know, it's like, oh, you don't have to have the horse in the buggy and you don't have to all this work to get <laughs> maintain a, a, a cart, and a, you know, a Conestoga wagon or whatever. Right. I mean, but are we any less busy? Look at look at computers. Look at, you know, oh, the typewriter killed the, the pen. The computer killed the typewriter. Like what's next? I mean, are we any less busy? 
No, we just try to jam more productivity into our into our daily lives. And that's why I think having a work life balance is so important and kind of circle back to what you said before. It's like, um, you know, people should have something to kind of throw themselves into, whether that's a hobby or other than work, a, yeah. other than yeah. work, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, if you like what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. And mm-hmm. and I do like what I do. I love what mm-hmm. I do. But it's, um, I think you've got to have some other outlets there, you know, um, to have a balance. Well, so what I heard you say right there was, yeah, even if robots end up doing a lot of things for us, we'll just think of other shit to do. And because we're just super by nature, we want to just, you know, we're going to try to figure something else out. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 and just like anything else, I mean, when the computer came around, you know, and folks said, Oh my gosh, well, this is going to kill all the typewriter jobs or this is going to do, but how many people do you know work in it now or work in, right. <laughs> right? I mean, right. computer computers have made a huge, huge industry and a huge business, you know? Um, and so, I mean, you know, I mean, I've got tons of people I know now who jobs that did not exist five or six years ago, who are now AMR deployment specialists, uh, AMR, uh, consultants. Um, so, so you, you, you know, you just, you need, there's this more jobs that come with, come with those other jobs, you know, come with those what other about, what about the, in. what about the AI piece, uh, as it relates to humans with something in, in your ear or your eye or yeah. something implanted, to, like, would you, would you do that by the way, if they, if they made a chip to get implanted to make, to do so, would you do that? I'm just curious. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So, you know, I, I, I don't think like, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know some folks, uh, you know, like, Oh, don't take the vaccine because there's a, a, a microchip in that's going to put in your body and the, <laughs> the Bill Gates is going to control you or something. I mean, I mean, to- totally fine to be cautious, you know, it totally fine. It's America, you know, you, if you, you know, and that's, you know, we can debate that, but I think, you know, when it comes to, um, I, I'm less about, you know, worried about somebody doing something crazy to me and more say, you know what, this is, this is the future. Let's, let's embrace this, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's some faith, there's some faith there, you know, but, um, that you have to have, I think, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, if, if I weighed the risks and thought, okay, this is, seems fairly safe um i would totally do it you know like you know matrix. it's, it, it's plug funny. It in, we could, plug, plug we into the matrix or whatever yeah we, we we could have said that about I'm, I'm wearing an earpiece right now right like back back then they could they could have said something like well what if that earpiece is implanted with some sort of secret thing that's like you know listening <laughs> to you all the time right i mean you could just go on and on and on with the conspiracy stuff i mean if, if we if we make something from an ai perspective that makes life better yeah, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Whatever that better is, right? Am I smarter? Am I faster? Am I, does it give me information quicker? Whatever it does, I'm all for it. Sign me up. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I'm generally not a big conspiracy guy either. I just don't think, um, you know, that goes back. We could even tie that into COVID. You know, I had a few friends that were like, well, this is all a conspiracy, blah, 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 blah you know, and all this stuff. I'm like, so you're telling me that like, I don't know, 50 something country leaders like got together in a secret room and like all agreed as country leaders to come up with the same conspiracy. Like, I don't think, I doubt it. (laughs) Yeah. I I think COVID exists. Let's put now we can argue (laughs) how we want to go about, you know, is is it the right decision to shut this down or do that? That that's a very legitimate exactly. But no, yeah, it's yeah. (laughs) So I'm not a big, so AI. And then the other thing about AI, I wanted to ask you too, uh, like when is it going to go i mean what's your thoughts on just how it's how, is it going to move faster um and here's I, I, why here's, here's why i asked that question 
I visit with guys like you. I find all of this stuff fascinating, but yet I still cannot talk into my phone and it gets it right every time. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, I hear about all this cool shit we're making. Meanwhile, can you just get my phone to like, understand me every single time? I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's tough to, I mean, think of, think of how many mistakes that you and I make on a daily basis in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. How many times do I accidentally hit the table when I'm going around the oh. corner and I knock something over? How many times do I mm -hmm. pick up the phone and I say the wrong thing or I hear the wrong thing because, oh, what'd you say? Oh, I thought you said whatever. You know, I mean, and then you have to ask, and you know, the difference between, I think, where, you know, so, so, so you're always going to have mistakes. I mean, you're, mm. it's, it's really tough to make something perfect if it's mm. not ones and zeros, right? If it's not, you know, anytime, and, the, and the, so the more variables you put into an environment, and the more, um, especially if it's moving around, and you have to have navigation now, or if it's your phone, it's like, well, what you come out of your mouth is dynamic. It could be anything. If it's looking for a set response, like, please say yes or no. Well, it, it it's not ever going to get that wrong unless you just mumble something incoherent, mumble right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, but if it's a dynamic response, it has no idea what you're going to say. Now it has to think really fast and really hard and it's doing it over the air. And, the, you know, you know, it has to go to space and back. And, you know, so it, it's just, it's going to get there, I think, but it's okay. not going to go fast. You know, I mean, I remember telling one of the, one of my vendors one time, like, like, you know, I think we were talking about phones, you know, 10 years ago and it was right when the first iPhone came out and I'm like, man, this thing's not that great, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and now it's only been 10 years and now I've got, you know, an iPhone with mm -hmm. cameras better than a DSLR 10 years ago. I've got a, a screen that's that's better than the television I had five years ago. I mean, so it, it comes, but it's just in such steps that you don't really notice it until it's here, Ooh, you know, and then you, 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 you know, um, so that's I don't know. There, there's never going to, I don't think it's very rare that you're going to see something comes out and go all of a sudden, holy crap. Did you see what that, just, you know, I mean, because it just has to take these evolutionary yeah. steps and then we, and we're that's impatient. It. And so, when it takes so long to get there through all these little steps. And then we've heard about it as it's gone through this progression. I mean, I mean, sending rockets to space now, like SpaceX, you know, right. how crazy is that? I can go buy a ticket to go to the moon. Right. <laughs> but we've been hearing about this for so long now and they've been testing the rockets for so long now. It's like, Oh yeah, they finally got around to doing that now. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not impressive anymore. You know, if it, if like there's no reveal anymore. There's no right. curtain reveal. So I think, you know, you're going to see really cool stuff if you jump 10 or 20 years at a time, but, but the steps are so evolutionary and, and, and small that by the time you get there, if you followed it that whole time, right. If you went into a tunnel or got, you know, put into an underground bunker and then you came up 10 years from it, you're like, Oh my gosh. But, um, it you is, know, I, yeah. it, it is moving. It is moving fast. If you really, if you really think about the, the life's the, the, how long earth has been around compared, yes. compared to the jump in technology just over the last hundred, hundred years. I mean, um, you know, whatever the, the earth's like, I don't know, what is it? 4 billion years old or whatever. I don't know. I'm just, we could debate that too. Whatever the latest status, I can't remember. I apologize. Yeah. So I'm spitting that out wrong, but billions of years old. Anyway, long time. I, was in, long time. I, was, I was in Tombstone, Arizona recently visiting a friend. We were walking down Tombstone. You ever been to Tombstone, by the way? I have not. I have not. Okay. So, you know, it's a little touristy town, whatever. Right. Anyway, there's a stagecoach sitting there. This guy's got the horses and stagecoach. You ride right around, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm looking at that stagecoach and I'm thinking to myself, you know, 
damn, like that really was just like 150 years ago. Like that wasn't that long ago. If in the, in the, in the big scheme of things, if you think about how long we've been around as human beings, right. like it wasn't that long ago, you were riding in a stagecoach hundred miles across the freaking, you know, mountains yeah. in, in, in Colorado. Right. It just right. was not that long ago. And so it yeah. is actually advancing pretty damn fast is my point. Yes. It, it is. It's fast. We just don't realize it. Right. We, there's not right. that the curtain reveal where the curtain comes open. He was wow. Because it's, it's, you're seeing these evolutionary steps and then it's yeah. about taking these little pieces of it. Well, if we can take this piece that this guy did over here and this piece, this guy did. And yeah, now we can put it all together. Mm. Then you get there, you know, but then even that takes some, some, some steps right. and some processes, you know? I'm just mad. I'm just mad that I'm 53 years old and that uh, by the time we actually do have robots doing everything for us, I'll be, I'll be dead. I'm pissed off about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Man. It might be 10, 10 years ago. You might have robots do doing stuff. You know, uh, it's just, we, we don't know, you know, it's, it's, we uh, don't know. We don't know. You know. Joe, Joe, I really appreciate you being on the Rider Flex podcast, man. Fascinating hey. conversation as always, my friend. Th thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone, you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.